Stephen Byrne on 2FM. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Stephen Byrne Show. You can catch us every Saturday and Sunday from 3 o'clock on 2FM. And we like to talk to people. This week we talked to two absolute superstars. Dave Bautista, who you might know from WWE, but also might know from the world of James Bond, Guardians of the Galaxy, and also now Army of the Dead, which found itself on Netflix last week. Directed by Zack Schneider. We talked to him all about becoming a director himself. Plus, Ash Nico was on the show to talk about her success since the release of Deal With It and also Stupid and every other song that has gone absolutely atmospheric with her, including Daisy, which took on a life of its own on TikTok when it was released and, of course, had its own dance. Uh, Let's kick it off with this. Dave Bautista, as I said, former WWE star, but also at the same time, bonafide movie star now. Uh, We broke down his role in the movie, taking on more emotional roles, and like I said, his foray into directing, which is in the pipeline. Dave, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having a chat with us. Um, Congratulations on this film. I mean, zombies, big guns, lots of actions. Is that how the pitch went? And you just go, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm doing this. Um, Well, (laughs) not immediately. (laughs) No, it was over... uh, so when I first heard about it, actually, I didn't really know what it was. It was presented to me as, you know, because I've been trying to work with Zach uh, for years and years. And we were actually working on this other project together, which I thought was going to take off. We just had a hard time getting it made. So I would always check in with his agent, see where we're at with it. And so I ran into his agent and I was talking to him and I asked about that, that particular project. And he said, you know, still not g- getting anywhere, but we're Zach's next project, next project is going to be Army of the Dead. And I said, what is that? He said, it's like a, it's a, like a zombie apocalypse heist movie. And I was like, you know, that sounds really cool. Not for me, but that sounds really great. <laughs> and then, cause I was really looking for, um, I was looking for acting roles. I wanted to like stretch myself uh, as a performer. And so anyway, later down the line, it uh, came to my attention again. They said, Zach's really interested for you in a part. And, and they asked me to read the script and I read it and I, I still wasn't sold. And they said, well, Zach would actually, he would like you to play the lead. So I read it again, paying close detail to Scott Ward. And I thought, man, this just really got this. This is something. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And so I had a conversation with Zach and we talked just really about the relationship with Scott and Kate and that redemption story. And that's when I was sold. I mean, that's because that was what I was looking for. And not only gave me the opportunity to, you know, stretch myself as a performer, but also be like a real, a real badass. (laughs) So I got to, you know, kind of, you know, conquer a lot of things with this one project. That's what I was going to say. I mean, the physicality of the role, you're always going to have that down. That is your bad tricks, 100%. But when it comes to, you know, those emotional moments throughout this film, which you do have plenty of, um, I'm I'm sure you relished that, um, that that space and time to really connect with um, the audience in that way. Absolutely. Because, I mean, those, you know, yeah, the physicality stuff, it's, you know, it's stuff that people would expect from me. But where I've struggled with is, you know, getting people to look outside the box and see me in roles that would require me to be emotional and, you know, things like that. I got a lot of the humor stuff because people saw the humor side of of Drax. So people, you know, initially they, you know, saw that and they wanted to start casting me in comedies, but I've not really gotten a chance to really delve into like an emotional side of of drama, which I've, you know, I've been looking for because I want people to see me as a, a full ranged actor. So this was like, the really, really the first opportunity I've got gotten on a big stage to really present that side of myself as a performer. 
And you absolutely nailed it. Um, you talk Thank about you. Zach, obviously a powerhouse when it comes to things like this. And right. I've seen you in interviews say that, you know, you wanted to get into this, that you can learn a few tricks for directing yourself. Yeah. And that's a surefire yeah. way to get yourself into yeah. those positions. So it's yeah. directing kind of in the pipeline. Is that something you really want to, to throw yourself into as well to just absolutely. have a string to your bow? Absolutely. That's, I mean, it's all, so like I always make goals for myself and my goal and, you know, really, I feel because I'm not really concerned with being a big movie star. I don't need a spotlight. I don't need the attention. I don't need accolades. It doesn't really, it doesn't mean all that much to me. But the way I look at it is the bigger star you become, you know, the, the more people are willing to listen to you, the more people are willing to invest in you. And so if I can, you know, if I can make my name big enough where people will listen to me when I want to have a film made, when I want to make a film, when I want to direct a film, I'm, they may even allow me to direct a film as long as I'll be in the film. You know, and I don't care. That's I'm fine with that. I just want to be a filmmaker. I want to be in those conversations. And if I have a project I feel passionate about, I want to be able to go to a place like Netflix and say that I think that this would make, make a great film. And I want to know that they're paying attention. And the way to do that, like I said, is being in successful movies like Army of the Dead. <laughs> because they know <laughs> this is a great movie. This is a really great, solid film. I think it's going to do well for them. I think it's going to do wonders for my career. Um, I'm very proud of it. So I'm hoping that, you know, this will open those doors where I can go in and say, you know, I, I want to get projects. My guy, I want to be a director. I, I do. And that's why I want to work with great directors because I want to learn from them. Student. And I'll be buying a ticket on opening night for whatever that project is. Quickly, where are you hiding yeah. if the zombies come? Where will you hide? I, in my house. I'm so set. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, man. I have like, I have a fortress, man. My house is a fortress. It's a, it's, it's made, it's tailor-made for a zombie breakout. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm heading there too. Thank you so much, Dave. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Kind of glad that I met Dave on Zoom because I don't think it would have been good for my ego. The man is absolutely huge. I met John Cena once before and I remember just feeling like a weed. It's just like, you are three humans. Uh, anyway, Ash Nico, superstar of um, a brand new type in my eyes. Um, She's released music over the last two years, but really in the last 12 months has hit it big, all thanks to TikTok uh, and songs like Stupid and also uh, Deal With It. And also on top of that, Daisy, uh, which became not only a radio hit, but just a, an absolute monster hit on the app of TikTok. Um, it had its own dance and she was caught completely and utterly blindsided by the whole thing, never expecting to reach those heights and uh, be able to reach those amount of numbers. Um, so early on in her career. Uh, we broke down the music, we broke down uh, how she gets imposter syndrome, feeling like she doesn't have, you know, uh, the personality that everybody expects her to. And also, we just spoke about the music and her show that's coming up this year in December. Please, God, <laughs> if it's all allowed to happen, she will be in Dublin then. Check it out. I always like to stress to my listeners that I am not like that all the time. That a lot of these songs are me manifesting this in my own life. Um, trying my hardest to make myself more confident by speaking into existence because speaking things and the words that you say and the things you tell yourself is so important um because you literally speak it and it just happens that's how manifestation works that's just you say something and it will happen if you say it enough if you start to believe it so i was going through a really rough time in my life 
um, like in a series of toxic relationships and manipulate me. Um, and yeah, I was just tired of it. So I started making this music um, to like hype myself up basically. And like, I think that's one of the greatest lessons that you have though for your audience is that, you know, people generally look at, you know, the musicians and the artists that they they listen to and they go I'd like to be like them but when you are honest in that way and say I'm not always like this it tells them that they can be like you yeah no 100% I was literally just crying in the car the other day like Mm. I was like why am I not more like my music I'm lying um I was on the phone with my mom and I'm like mom mom I'm a liar she's like you're not a liar baby I'm like mom I'm a liar music is fake and shoot and I was just like crying I'm filming a documentary right now for the BBC and um and I filmed myself crying <laughs> I was like I mean that's that's the reality yeah. of it so you've got to I uh yeah I'm definitely not confident all the time mm-hmm. I'm working on it though as we all are um you mentioned the bbc there which is amazing um but also you know the uk which has become a second home for you what was it initially that drew you to there was Uh, it a need to kind of escape and and get out of where you were and why the uk it's the weather i love (laughs) you love being miserable i love being miserable i love seasonal depression yeah Um, i love beans on toast (laughs) i love angry old men on trains uh, <laughs> what else yeah clouds i have a cloud fetish um but no i uh so i went to high school and I, I spent my adolescence in eastern europe and um i uh yeah i would like go to london like and do open mics back in the day yeah. when i was like 17 and 16 and um yeah, I would just take like cheap Ryanair flights and go and like sleep on people's couches, which in hindsight was very dangerous. I, uh, yeah, so for me, it was like not familiar because I didn't know anyone when I moved there, but uh, it was like, I just, I just had my heart set on it. I had my heart set on moving there, um, being like still within flight distance, like a three hour flight distance from my parents. And, um, yeah, I wanted to make it in the big city and thought it was going to happen in a year. Uh, cut to seven years later, uh, <laughs> we're still hustling. So. Yeah, but we're here. Um, hey, what do you think actually about the UK and the UK music scene um, influenced the music you ended up making? Do you think it actually had something to play in it? Um, for sure. I don't know. Like, I can't give you like specific uh instances of inspiration like i learned how to write songs in london i learned from a lot of really good songwriters and producers and artists um just like how to perfect my craft um just been doing loads and loads of sessions making loads and loads of bad songs obviously when you know things just absolutely kicked off stupid went absolutely stupid crazy how blindsided were you how was that moment where you went is this happening? Is this because I'm sure it's so difficult to process something like that over a period of time, never mind in a moment where it absolutely skyrockets? Um, well, I lost my marbles for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I still have a hard time with it. I think for me, it's like a loss of anonymity, um, mm-hmm. which is so, like a grieving process in itself. Um, like, 
yeah, I guess anonymity is gone um, and you feel very exposed, which gives me really bad anxiety. Um, and yeah, but I'm getting over it. I'm working through it. It's something, I think it's really just like, the key is just not going on the internet. Yeah. Basically, which is sad because I love to talk to my fans and I love, I love to interact with them. But for me, it makes me very, very ill to be on the internet interacting all the time. No, it's not a normal human experience to hear that many um, opinions about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. It's it'll it'll change the landscape of of your your brain it's uh, obviously the most exciting thing that's come out this week other than the music video is the announcement that you are going on tour and that you will be with us in ireland in december please god um i love when a gig is announced and i see and hear about it not in a press release but through instagram stories of people i know posting it going yeah. oh my god and that is exactly what happened when you announced the show yeah. they were like she's finally coming to ireland so when it comes to it and the irish crowds are going to see you for the first time i can tell you they are absolutely crazy best crowds in the world i've been around i know um what can people expect from that experience my tummy just did a little flip thinking about ah! it <laughs> exactly so mine too excited. so what can people expect from this because you conceptualizing things in general whether it comes to looks or music videos it's always you know authentically you so when it comes to a show i can only imagine it's going to be an experience pretty high concept for sure i uh i'm not an easy person to tour there's a lot of moving pieces <laughs> a lot of costume we are actually going to start production over the summer and rehearsals and I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to have so much endurance. I'm going to be running and singing my whole set. I'm going to have, I'm going to be jumping on stage with perfect, perfect pitch, perfect tone. It's going to be beautiful. Absolute joy. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stephen Byrne on 2FM.